Is everybody awake now? Yes. Because I, I'm already. Whose glasses are these? You might want those. Yeah, I can't see with that. Oh, that's not good. Okay, so if you volunteer in OC Kids, I'm gonna need you to stand up. In any way, if it's a. Oh, look, one person did. I have more volunteers. Stand up. <laughs> if you're an OC Kid volunteer, stand up, and let's let's give you the recognition you deserve. Okay, if you're an OC kid, stand up. Or a kid in general. These are the people you're encouraging, guys. Okay, now if you don't know this, we just got out of week three of church camp, and that's our last one for the summer. Praise Jesus. But I want, if you helped at kids camp, junior high, or senior high camp, I want you to stand up, and that's in any capacity, whether it even be an, you sent an encouragement to me. It was all help. Stand up and give them a round of applause. This feels like there was more than that. These people are blessings from God because they help me keep my sanity, just kind of. And some of you have said, oh, I'll help next year. Just remember, I wrote your names down, so I will be coming for you. All right, but let's get started. So today we sang about Raise a Hallelujah, and that's actually part of my sermon title. It is In the Presence of My Enemies is what we are going to be talking about today. But if I'm being honest, I'm also going to kind of share my heart with you guys because I just feel like that's what I should do. So, but we're going to start by talking about our enemies. When you think of enemies, you, there's a possibility you're thinking of two things instantly. You're thinking of somebody who you don't like or you feel has it out for you. Hopefully you don't have those people, but we probably do. Or you're thinking of the ultimate enemy, and that is Satan. Um, but do we ever think of ourselves as our enemies. I, who ever heard the fr phrase, you're your worst enemy? Just me? My mom says it to me all the time. <laughs> so I guess get an Angie Kelly in your life and she'll tell you that. So to me what that means is that half the time when our mind is telling us the lies, our heart, or telling us our, these lies or our heart doesn't feel as full as it should, that most of the time it could be our fault. And that's because we've allowed Satan to have a role in those things because we've let our guard down. It brings doubt in our lives and it brings to the insecurity and the fear and then those things become our enemies and then we have a battle of anxiety and depression and loneliness and confusion and anger and hurt and all of those things. So if you could think right now in the presence of my enemies, I want you to fill it in, in the presence of my dot 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 and I want you to instantly think of that one thing that you believe is an enemy in your life. It doesn't have to be an actual person, it could be a thing. So as we're, while you're thinking of that, we are going to talk about two men who are the perfect example of praising in the presence of their enemies, and that is Paul and Silas. So if you could open your Bibles up to Acts chapter 16, verse 16, and we are going to read that. Now, 16 through 31, that seems like a lot to read all at once, and we are going to, but don't drown out my voice by like verse 25. The OC kids do that. I know how this works. Stay focused with me because I am, we are going to be talking about each verse. And the whole story is goes to verse 40. So we're not reading the whole, just to 31. So Paul and Silas' backstory were missionaries and they were sent on a mission to tell the world about Jesus. And they had to do it with whatever it took. That was what they, that's what they were going to do. They were going to tell the world about Jesus, whatever it, whatever it takes. And they definitely faced and filled in that, that line of whatever it takes because they encountered some harsh thing. So I'm going to be reading this to you in the message version because I like the way that it explains it. Your Bible is probably not going to say that unless you have the U version app and then it might. 
So it says, one day on our way to the place of prayer, a slave girl ran into us. She was a psychic and with her fortune telling, made a lot of money for the people who owned her. She started following Paul around, calling everyone's attention to us by yelling out. These men are working for the most high God. They're laying out the road of salvation for you. She did for about a number of days until Paul, finally fed up with her, turned and commanded the spirit that possessed her out. And in the name of Jesus Christ, get out of her. And it was gone just like that. Now, before we go to the next, the next verse, I do want to kind of, I find it almost comical. Because I don't think that Paul was truly mad that she was telling everybody that they were talking about Jesus. But it's almost like you have a little sibling or a kid that's up to you like every five seconds just repeating everything in your ear. And he's just like, I've had enough. Like, shush. Has anybody ever felt like that? I told a few kids at camp that if they kept saying my name, I was changing it. So, Okay, we can go into the next one. So it says, when her owners saw that their lucrative little business was suddenly bankrupt, they went after Paul and Silas, roughed them up, and dragged them into the market square. Then the police arrested them and pulled them into a court with the accusation. These men are disturbing the peace, dangerous Jewish agitators subverting our Roman law and order. By this time, the crowd had turned into a restless mob out for blood. There, the judges went along with the mob, had Paul and Silas's clothes ripped off, and ordered a public beating. After beating them black and blue, they threw them into jail, telling the jailkeeper to put them under heavy guards so there would be no chance of escape. He did just that, threw them into the maximum security cell in the jail and clamped leg irons on them. <clears throat> along about midnight, Paul and Silas were at prayer and singing a robust hymn to God. The other prisoners couldn't believe their ears. Then without warning, a huge earthquake, the jailhouse tottered, every door flew open, and all the prisoners were loose. Startled from sleep, the jailer saw all the doors swinging loose on their hinges. Assuming that all the prisoners had escaped, he pulled out his sword and was about to do himself in, figuring he was as good as dead anyway. When Paul stopped him, don't do that. We're all in, still in here. Nobody's run away. The jailer got a torch and ran inside. Badly shaken, he collapsed in front of Paul and Silas. He led them out of the jail and asked, Sirs, what do I have to do to be saved, to really live? They said, put your entire trust in the master Jesus. Then you'll live as you were meant to live, and everyone in your house included. So I want to go back two verses, I think. Yes. So along about midnight. I like how it says midnight, because who in here has ever struggled to fall asleep? And that's because normally about midnight, your thoughts, you lay in your bed, and your thoughts get going, and that's when you feel like you're needing the prayers and to sing to Jesus the most, because it gets a little dark in that dark bedroom at midnight. And I'm not meaning actually dark, I'm meaning in your mind. It, gets, it can get dark in there. So I love how it points it out. Along about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing. And I think that's important too, just as a reminder that, I seen this thing one time, it said, if God is keeping you awake at night, it's, it's because he's probably trying to tell you something. And so I think that's good to remember that even in the darkness to keep praising and to keep singing. And so Paul and Silas were the perfect example of praising anyway. They chose to praise despite dot, 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 despite that they were thrown in jail, despite that they were beaten and that they were probably embarrassed. Now, am I ignorant enough to say that they didn't have doubts? No, because they're human. We watched at junior high camp, we watched a video and it was of... Chaz Smith, and he said, I don't believe that God would, was a robot. And he was like, do this, do that, eat thy bread, drink thy blood. He was, God has a humor. And if you have never experienced God's sense of humor, you will one day. <laughs> and you'll notice the, the irony in it. But, and so I believe that they are human and they, that they had doubts. 
that even like God, like you told us to go do this. You told us to share the word. Like we're doing good things. Why are we being beaten? Why are we being thrown in jail? Why are we being looked looked upon and spit on? Why is all of this happening when you told us to do that? But they knew the greatness of their father, and they knew that they were doing what they were supposed to be doing, despite what the world had to say. One thing that I've had to remind myself, and if you've been around me the past few months, you've heard me say it, is God is still good even when my circumstances are not. And that's something that I've like, I've had to write it on paper. I've had to say it like just numerous, numerous times in because God is still good even when my circumstances are not. And that's what Paul and Silas chose to believe. They chose to believe that God was still good and God was still God even though all of these people were against them. So choosing to believe that, and I know this, we all know this, it's spoken in every church service you're here, that God is good, but we have to choose to believe that. Because knowing who God is and choosing to believe in God are two different things. You have to choose to have faith every day because that's where our hope comes from. We have, because if we just know that God is good and we don't put anything behind that and it's just knowledge, I'm sorry, all you smart people, your knowledge ain't going to get you anywhere. <laughs> your actions have to prove it. You have to choose to believe that God is still good even when things are not. We have to choose every day and every hour and honestly every minute that God is great. And he, if you fill in that God is still good despite, I want you to put that in the, in the presence of my enemies. So the word that you said, in the presence of my enemies, your enemy, I want you to put that. God is still good despite your dot, dot, dot. Because if we have, we all have our own enemies and if you say you don't, you're lying and you're in church and it says don't do that in the Bible. But choosing to praise him anyways and to sing a little louder is where our faith comes from. It's where the faith that and excitement that we have on those mountains and those highs of our life that we're like, life is great. Everything is awesome. Things are going well for me. I got the job. I'm, my family's growing. We're all in church. Everything is going fabulous. And if you are in that place right now, I am thrilled for you. But if you're not in that place, and, but you've been there before, you're like, things were going well. What happened? Think about the faith that you had there. Bring that faith down with you in the valley. Because if you don't, it's going to get dark. It's going to look like midnight all day long. And so it gets hard to keep up that momentum. And a lot of the times we are in the valley where we stop reading our Bible. Who's done that? Who's guilty? And don't lie to me. We, we're in the valley, so we stop reading our Bible. We stop worshiping. We stop praying because we're just trying to keep our head above water. We're just trying to get supper on the table. We're just trying to get through that, work, that day at work. We're just trying to do whatever it is you have to get done. But we have to remember that God is still good. So once we stop doing those things and keeping God close to us, in that moment is when we begin to ask where God went. We're like, yeah, I thought you were working in this situation. I thought you were here. But really, we're the ones that left. So God's saying, hey, I'm still here. You just got to come back. You've got to keep doing the things that, you know, you're growing closer to me. Because if you have a relationship and you don't talk in it, it's not going to grow. If you don't invest time into that. And so we have to start finding a way to rest in Jesus and not a way to quit when it gets hard. I... Me and Audrey Sharp were talking about this the other day. We can't just quit when things get tough. We have to find that rest so that we can keep going, especially when it's our God's calling on our lives. And you might think that you haven't found your calling or you're not living that out. I promise you God is still using you in a way. You might not be doing what you wanted to be doing, but I promise you God is still ministering through you. Just think about Paul and Silas. They were thrown in jail. They thought, like, what in the world? But somehow a man got saved out of all of that, out of their beating and out of their imprisonment. Somebody got saved. Now, that looks pretty dark for Paul and Silas, but they still chose to worship, and it's how we act in the valley. It's 
what truly matters. So we have to throw our hands up in praise. We can't just throw our hands up and throw in the towel. We have to throw our hands up in praise and worship and then keep them there as a form of surrender to the one and only, the one who already won the battle, and the, even though that seems impossible. So, together as a church, because if you don't know this, the church is under attack. And I don't just mean Orchardville Church. I don't just mean a church elsewhere. I mean the church, us, the body of Christ. We are under attack. And if you don't feel that, you need to pay attention because we are under attack. And Satan thinks he's winning. And so we have to make sure that he knows that he's not. And so as a, t- as a church, we need to be working together to press into God. You need to show up on Sundays and you need to bring your kids. If you're not here right now, but you're online, I pray that you come next week and that every Wednesday, we have service on Wednesdays if you didn't know this, come and bring your family so that this is where it starts. And now this isn't where it stays either. When you go home, don't, ha- don't be afraid to have the awkward moment with your kids praying over them. It's going to be awkward, but that's how you break through and get to that presence of Jesus. And so who in here has a smartphone? Raise it up if you've got one. Let me see it. Okay, if you do, I have a QR code on the screen. And go to your camera app and take a picture of that. And it should pop up a link to the Bible app. And as a church, we are going to do a Bible plan together. And I know some people hate group of Bible plans. If I'm being honest, I don't love them myself. But, but I will post this on Facebook later too. So if you don't have access to it now, we can do it later. But this way... It starts tomorrow morning, but you don't have to do it tomorrow. You can do it tomorrow night, just whenever you have time. And if you miss a day, that's okay. Go back and redo it. You can do Tuesday on Wednesday if it's necessary. But I just want us as a church to be bringing the unity and to bring in our focus as on God and how great he is in the valley. So uh, this is going to be pretty short today. I do have two altar calls because this is OC Kids Sunday, and I want to make sure that we pray over the kids. But I do have an altar call for you. We are going to come and sit with Jesus. That's what this altar call is going to be for first. So I, I encourage you all to come up here because we get busy. Life gets busy, especially in the valley, because we're, like I said, you're just trying to keep swimming, and you're just trying to keep your head above water. And so I'm encouraging you right now. I'm giving you the time. You set an hour aside today to come to church, so here's your time to come up to these altars and sit with Jesus and just let him talk to you, or you just talk to him, or honestly, just cry to him because he hears those too. And so you can go ahead and start that first song. And then if you didn't get this, I will post it on Facebook so you can get it later. Um, And if you don't have a smartphone, I will figure out a way for you to get the devotional as well. But Jesus is right here if we let him be. If we encounter him, he's here. So I encourage you all, if you want to grab a friend, come up here. If you want to go by yourself, come up here. But come up here and just sit with Jesus.